Here's a load of this again in Anderson's podcast, and it's the 21st of August 2022. The time is 18.37, and it is uh, Sunday. Now today we are going to be talking about a, a certain topic of uh, worshipping the wrong thing. Many people are worshipping the wrong thing, mainly, of course, the dead object that we call our best friend, the television or the internet, or people in general. They put them on a pedestal. They try as good as they can to imitate them and try uh, to make their life look more like the ones that they are basically worshipping. So can we as Christians find ourselves uh, under this trap? Uh, can we become a victim to this? Well, we have to take a deep dive in the Bible and see a story from uh, Acts. Uh, this is from the 28th chapter. And we read here. After we made it to safety, we learned that the island was called Malta. And the foreign-speaking people showed us extraordinary kindness. They kind, they kindled a fire and received all of us kindly because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul collected a bundle of sticks and laid it on the fire, a wiper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. When the foreign-speaking people caught sight of the venomous creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, Surely this man is a murderer, and although he made it to safety from the sea, justice did not permit him to keep on living. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. But they were expecting him to swell up or suddenly to drop dead. After they waited for a long time and saw that nothing had happened to him, they changed their mind and began saying he was a god. And of course, if we find this translation here, uh, the justice uh, part of it, it can also be from Greek, daiki or dik, possibly referring to the goddess of avenging justice or to the concept of justice in an abstract sense. So when they said that justice would get him because he was a murderer, um, they thought that a god would come and strike him down. And of course, when that didn't happen, then all of a sudden they thought that he was a god. So they basically uh, swiped out what they were thinking wrongly, of course, uh, and swiped it out with something else that also was wrong. So we can, as human beings, we can actually believe that something is all of a sudden wrong about our belief system and change it out to something that is also completely wrong, leaving us basically <laughs> the same situation as we were before. So believing a lie is extremely easy for people and believing a deity or Satan and his demons are extremely easy because he and his uh, demons have basically made it their life work 
to put as many obstacles before humans as humanly possible or as angelly possible or demonically possible for people to be fooled. And maybe they think, well, I have been fooled uh, when I think like this or I act like this or I worship this deity like this. Uh, now all of a sudden I have found the truth. So it's very difficult for us humans to actually uh, find our way back uh, to Jehovah God, the Almighty One. But of course, I have to believe that, um, who was it? It was, um, who was it? Let's see here. Uh, was it Paul? Yes, uh, but Paul collected a bundle of sticks. So it was Paul who was bitten by this venomous snake, um, but he shook it off. Um, and of course, it was because he was worshipping Jehovah God, and Jehovah God interfered and made it so that he didn't get sick from this venom, of course. So we have to realize that our Savior is Jehovah God. And of course, I also have to believe that Paul actually corrected these people into thinking that he was a god. Uh, there was other instances where um, the apostles were also believed to be gods, um, and they had to most seriously um, talk to these people and say that they were not gods. So the question is, are we willing to uh, change the way we think according to Jehovah God, the Almighty One. Because if we look at the Bible and say, well, let's just look at uh, Psalm 11.5, and we can see very clearly what Jehovah God thinks of uh, violence. Uh, not a lot of people think uh, like this because violence is uh, so abundant in the world. It says here, Jehovah examines the righteous ones as well as the wicked one. He hates anyone who loves violence. So it is very clear from God's word that if we do not uh, take this into consideration, if we, not, if we do not take distance from the violence in the world, also violent video games and violent movies, and anything that has to do with violence, well, we are basically going to be hated by Jehovah God. So, so this is, I believe, one of the great hindrances for many people, because many people have taken it upon themselves to create in their mind a version about reality and about what they think is right and wrong, and basically projected it onto Jehovah God. But he does not like that. And he is not like that. You cannot simply just say, well, he is such and such, when the Bible clearly states otherwise. So can we as human beings really come into contact with Jehovah God in a way that he approves of? Yes, of course we can. But we have to stay clear of what I call the garbage from the garbage can.
Now, the garbage from the garbage can is, of course, violent video games, violent movies, but also movies who portray people's bad and negative behaviors as something that we can allow ourselves to be entertained by. Also, the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also the mainstream media that constantly tells us what to fear and tells us the solutions to our fears, these, these lies that they come up with. We have to realize that the whole world is in the evil's power and we can most easily be sucked into believing uh, a certain way that the world wants us to believe in. We have to hate anything that is in the world because otherwise we are basically saying no to Jehovah God. What, what, what does it mean by that? Well, we remember Jesus Christ when he was confronted by Satan and his demons, or Satan, Satan asked him to worship him, and in return he would offer him the entire inhabited world's kingdoms. Basically, what you, what you see uh, in the world today, all of the riches, all of the fame, all of the fortune, but Jesus said no to this. It was Jehovah God we needed to worship. It was him we needed to look towards. So how come we as humans are so easily lured away? Well, of course, we are very sinful in nature. Why? Well, because we have inherited sin from Adam and Eve. And of course also... We have been living in this world for many, many years. And in that time, we have, I believe, been affected by society, been affected by the people that we have met. And people have been, including myself, been affected by what comes out of the television. Our education system has also affected us. So... This left and right paradigm that we see today is also a false paradigm. We have to live up to the high standard that Jehovah God puts before us. We cannot simply say that we have to, as a man, become extremely masculine and a woman should be extremely feminized. We have to find a right balance so that we please or we please Jehovah God instead. And of course, the elite knows this. They know how to divide people. They know how to make people talk about things that has not anything to do with Jehovah God and his kingdom. But because let's face it, um, we live maybe 70 or 80 years old and then we die, but we also get a resurrection after we die. So the question is, what kind of resurrection do we really want to have? I can guarantee you that if you try as good as you can to become closer and closer uh, to Jehovah God, the Almighty One, uh, by saying no to what he hates, then I can guarantee you that your resurrection is going to be a beautiful one, an easy one, uh, resurrection filled with life and joy because if you have made close friends with Jehovah God in this life 
it's most more easy for you to make friends in the next one. So we have to stay clear of violence, that is true. But we also have to stay clear of all the rest of it that he warns us about becoming egocentristic, only caring about ourselves, not really thinking about other human beings in a kind and loving and caring way. So when we meditate, as I highly suggest we do, half an hour to an hour every day, we get in control of our thoughts. What does occur in our mind? And I can say for a fact that when I started meditation, I could see that my thoughts were, as Jehovah God describes it, uh, when he looked down on earth before the flood, that people's uh, thoughts were evil all day long. But I didn't think that. Before I started meditating, then I could see the thoughts that entered into my mind was not very pleasant ones. And then I could do something about it. Then I had the opportunity to say no to these thoughts that entered my mind. Because they were not constructive. They were not making my life happy and content. On the contrary, they, they made my life not so pleasant. So, so we have to realize that our own thoughts, where they, where do they occur from? Well, they occur from what we put through our eyes and ears. And if we are not careful, um, we can, in fact, infect our mind with what comes from uh, Satan and demons, from the television. But also from the countless books that have been occurred for many, many thousands of years. If we say to ourselves that the Bible is the infinite word from Jehovah God, then we are correct. So, so our life should ar um, arise or it should revolve, revolve around uh, the Bible. It should be our number one uh, book in life. It should be where we, through Jehovah God, asks the questions that we so desperately need answered. For example, I want to sell my house and move into a smaller place because I am getting older and this not it's not a big house, but it's a big garden. And I find it very, not annoying, but I use a lot of time maintaining the, the garden. So by selling the house, get a little money from myself, and moving, I hope, of course I have talked about this to Jehovah God, I hope that he also sees the benefits of me moving. Uh, and of course, moving into a smaller place. So I can concentrate and focus more on, well, not becoming successful in this world, but moving my mind away from uh, the world's problems. Because the world has a lot of problems. Uh, if we really boil it down uh, to, uh, to two or three problems, 
Well, the biggest one is, of course, when the whole world is in the evil's power and he has been a liar since day one. Well, people are believing a lie. People are in this matrix uh, for a reason. It's so that they can, uh, or the elite can use up their resources, work, of course, for uh, these money that come from thin air, so that they can keep, uh, we can call them the slaves, or I'm also a slave myself, uh, because they do not want us to realize the truth about this uh, matrix. That the reason why we are divided is because what we occupy our mind with is garbage, is of the negative kind, meaning that um, the human emotions can go either a positive or negative way, way. And when we occupy our mind with constantly feeding it with the negative mindset of humans, the negativity of humans, we can see it in movies, we can see it in uh, books. It is where people are fighting against some evil or doing something evil um, or fornicating or doing anything that is sinful, that is what excites us as humans. That is something that we have to fight against, because what excites humans has always been wrong in the eyes of Jehovah God. We remember Moses went out to the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, and the people down on the ground on this mountain, uh, they... Uh, got bored very easily, very quickly, and they got Aaron to make a gold chaff, and they started worshipping this deity, and of course, in that process, worshipping Satan and his demons, and they rose up to uh, to make a feast, to have a party, uh, basically to have fun, as the Bible says, because they got bored. So, the problem becomes when we become bored, we need to stimulate our brain a certain way. And when we look at the entertainment industry, look at the internet, it is only made there for our entertainment, for our arousal, for our amusement. And the question is, what does that make our mind or our brain go? What direction does our brain go when we use a lot of this in our mind? And I have to say that it can only make us rebellious against Jehovah God because he wants us to have a happy and good life filled with joy and happiness, filled with good friends who also wants us to have a good and decent life, and we also want them to have a good and decent life. But if we remove these problematic issues uh, with the matrix, of course, then we have a much better chance to actually 
feel this total enjoyment in our life. But we need to cut off anything that has to do with the worshipping of this deity. And this can be a bit uh, tricky, because what is worshipping of Jehovah God and what is worshipping of the deity? Many of us watch a lot of hours on television, but also many of us use a lot of time in the outside world uh, trying to become wealthy, trying to conquer the world, so to speak. So these are two things that is actually not good for us, because the world is in the evil's power, not only the dead object that we call our best friend, the screen, uh, the image of the wild beast, as the Revelation clearly states, it is also when we go outside in the world when we meet other people, because we do not meet like-minded people, because people who do not read the Bible and get it into their heart basically are not following in the footsteps of Jehovah God's one begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And it states very clearly that anyone who does not recognize Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is not taking the right path to Jehovah God. So that is why it's very important for us to look at um, the the story of Jesus and try to imitate him as good as we can. Of course, we are not perfect, but we need to, as human beings, mold our mind and our heart um, so that at least we try as good as we can to form our personality to become a loving and caring and kind one, that we search out the good in human beings, that we try to search out the good in ourselves and try to multiply it, try to grow it, try to nurture it, and anything that has nothing to do with these positive human emotions and feelings, we should disregard. Because it's like if you plant a seed and you watch it grow and you fertilize the ground and you see it grow even more. If you put some uh, poison in the ground just a little bit, then all of a sudden it, it withers. It is no longer go going to grow. So all your work and effort has been wasted. That is why it's very important for when we grow our mind that we do not allow any negativity, anything that Jehovah God not, does not approve of, into our mind. That is why my podcast should not only explain to you, but also explain to myself that the way I want my life to go should be the way that Jehovah God approves of. So let's find out what he approves of. Let's read out loud here. We have come to Second uh, Chronicles number 9. It says here, Now the queen of Sheba heard the report about Solomon, 
So she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with perplexing, perplexing questions, or perplexing, perplexed questions. She was accompanied by a very impressive entourage with camels carrying balsam oil and great quantities of gold and precious stones. She went into Solomon and spoke to him about everything that was close to her heart. Solomon then answered all her questions. There was nothing too difficult for Solomon to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba had seen Solomon's wisdom, the house that he built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the table service of his waiters, and their, uh, and their attire, his cobbearers, and their attire, and his burnt sacrifices that he regularly offered up at the house of Jehovah, she was left completely breathless. So she said to the king, the report that I have heard is, in my own land about your achievement and about your wisdom was true. But I did not put faith in the report until I had come and had seen it with my own eyes. And look, I had not been told that half of your great wisdom. You have far surpassed the report that I've heard. Happy are your men, and happy are your servant, who stand before you constantly, listening to your wisdom. May Jehovah your God be praised, who has taken pleasure in you by putting you on his throne as king for Jehovah your God. Because your God loves Israel, in order to make it continue forever, he appointed you over it as king to administer justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a great quantity of balsam oil and precious stones. Never again was such balsam oil brought in as what the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the servant of Hiram and the servant of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, also brought algum timbers and precious stones. The king made from the algum timbers stairs for the house of Jehovah, and for the king's house, as well as harps and stringed instruments for the singers, Nothing like them had ever been seen before in the land of Judah. King Solomon also gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she desired and asked for her more than what she had brought to the king. Then she left and returned to her own land, together with her servants. And the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year amounted to 666 talents of gold, besides that brought in by the merchants and the traders and all the kings of the Arabs and the governors of the land who were bringing gold and silver into Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of alloyed gold. 600 shields of alloyed gold went to each shield, and 300 bucklers of alloyed gold, three minyas of gold, went on each buckler. Then the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps to the throne, and there was a gold footstool attached to the throne, and there were armrests on both sides of the seat, and two lions were standing beside the armrests. 
and there were twelve lions standing on the six steps, one at each end of the six steps. No other kingdom had made anything like it. All the drinking vessels of King Solomon were of gold, and all the utensils of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. There was nothing made of silver, for silver was considered as nothing in the days of Solomon. For the king's ship would go to Tarshish with the servant of Hiram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish would come loaded with gold and silver, ivory, apes and peacocks. So King Solomon was greater than all the other kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And the kings of all the earth sought an audience with Solomon to hear his wisdom wisdom that the true God had put in his heart. They would each bring a gift, articles of silver, articles of gold, garments, armor, balsam oil, horses and mules, and this continued years after years. And Solomon had four thousand stalls for his horses and chariots and twelve thousand horses, and he kept them stationed in the chariot cities and close by the king in Jerusalem. And he ruled over all the kings from the river to the land of the Philistines and to the boundaries of Egypt. The king made the silver in Jerusalem as plentiful as the stones and set up wood as plentiful as the sycamore trees in the Shehalah. And they would bring horses to Solomon from Egypt and from all the other lands. As for the rest of the high history of Solomon, from beginning to end, it is not written among the words, is it not written among the words of Nathan the prophet, in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the record of vision of Ido, the visionary concerning Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Solomon resigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for forty years. Then Solomon was laid rest with his forefathers. So they buried him in the city of David, his father, and his son Rehoboam became king in his place. So here we see that the Queen Sheba was told from far away that King Solomon had a lot of knowledge, has a lot of wisdom. But she did not really believe all the stories. And, of course, we can take it up today also, that a lot of stories that we hear, we basically find it to be too good to be true, so to speak. But if we examine it properly, properly, and go out our way, ourselves, to actually visit what we heard rumors of, then we can find out for ourselves. So this is also very important that what I'm saying in my podcast is basically not relevant if you do not go outside and find out for yourself. Now, what I mean by that is, When you go outside, and I have talked to you about people who worship Jehovah God has a different kind of standard than people who do not worship Jehovah God. And of course, people who worship Jehovah God has to live up to a certain standard before they can become close friends with Jehovah God. 
So the question is, will you find out for yourself is this, if this is true or not? It's up to you, of course. I have found out for myself that it is true, and I also hope that you will do the same. Now we come to, because we have here heard of Solomon and David, now we come to uh, Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem uh, to make him king. As soon as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard of it, he was still in Egypt because he had fled on account of King Solomon. Jeroboam came back from Egypt. Then they sent for him, and Jeroboam and all Israel came to Rehoboam and said, Your father made our yoke harsh, but if you make the harsh service of your father easier and you lighten the heavy yoke he put on us, we will serve you. <laughs> At this he said to them, Return to me after three days. So the people went away. King Rehoboam then consulted with the older men who had served his father Solomon while he was alive, saying, What advice would you give on how to reply to these people? They answered him, If you are good to, this, uh, to these people and please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servant. However, He rejected the advice that the older men gave him, and he consulted with the young men who had grown up with him and who were now his attendants. He asked them, What advice do you offer on how we should reply to these people who have said to me, Make the yoke your father put on us lighter? The young men who had grown up with him said to him, This is what you should say to the people who have said to you, your father made our yoke heavy, but you should make it lighter for us. This is what you should tell them. My little finger will be tighter than my father's hips. My father imposed a heavy yoke on you, but I will add to your yoke. My father punished you with whip, but I will do so with scorches. Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, just as the king had said, Return to me on the third day. But the king answered them harshly. Thus king Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older man. He spoke to them according to the advice of the young man, saying, I will make your yoke heavier, and I will add to it. My father punished you with whip, but I will do so with scorches. So the king did not listen to the people for... So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was caused by the true God, in order to carry out the word that Jehovah had spoken through Ahijah, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. As for all Israel, because the king refused to listen to them, the people replied to the king, What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Each one to your own God, O Israel. Now look after your own house, O David. With that, all Israel returned to their homes. But Rehoboam continued to reign over the Israelites living in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadoram, who was in charge of those conscribed for forced labor. But the Israelites stoned him to death. King Rehoboam managed to mount his chariots to flee to Jerusalem. 
and the Israelites have been in revolt against the house of David down to this day. When Rehoboam, sorry, uh, chapter 11, when Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he immediately congregated the house of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 trained warriors, to fight against Israel in order to restore the kingdom of Rehoboam. Then the word of Jehovah came to Shemaiah, the man of the true God, saying, Say to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, the king of Judah, and to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, This is what Jehovah says. You must not go up and fight against your brothers. Each of you return to his house, for I have caused this to happen. So they obeyed the word of Jehovah and returned and did not go against Jeroboam. Rehoboam lived in Jerusalem and built fortified cities in Judah. Thus he built up Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Betua, Shoko, Adulam, Gad, Marelia, Sib, and the rest of them. Further, he reinforced the fortified places and put commanders in them and supplied them with wood, food, and oil and wine. And he supplied all the different cities with large shields and lances. He reinforced them to a very great degree, and Judah and Benjamin remained his. And the priests and the Levites who were in all Israel took their stand with him, coming out of all their territories. The Levites left their pastures and their possessions and came to Judah and Jerusalem because Jeroboam and his sons had dismissed them from serving as priests to Jehovah. Jeroboam then appointed his own priests for the high places and for the goat-like demons. Let's take that one more time. Jeroboam then appointed his own priests for the high places and for the goat-like demons and for the calves that he had made. And those from all the tribes of Israel who had their heart set on seeking Jehovah, the God of Israel, followed them to Jerusalem to sacrifice to Jehovah, the God of their forefathers. For three years they strengthened the kingdom, kingships of Judah and supported Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, for they walked in the way of David and Solomon for three years. Then Rehoboam took as his wife Mahalat, the daughter of David's son Jerimot, and of Abihalia, the daughter of Jesus' son Eliab. In time she bore his son Jehush, Shemis, and Saham. After her he married Mahak, the granddaughter of Absalom. In time she bore him Abijah, Ati, Siha, and Shilomit. Jeroboam loved Amahat, the granddaughter of Absalom, more than all his other wives and concubines, for he took eighteen wives and sixty concubines, and he became father to twenty-eight sons and sixty daughters. So Rehoboam appointed Abijah, the son of Mahajah, as head of and leader among his brothers, for he intended to make him king. However, he acted with understanding and sent some of his sons to all the regions of Judah and Benjamin to all the fortified cities and gave them abundance, provinces, and acquired many wives for them. So we have to take into consideration that Jehovah God works in ways that we might not uh, see 
first at hand, so to speak, that we might not understand completely um, why Jehovah God acted like this. Because wouldn't that make it so that uh, these two tribes would be at war with each other? Well, of course, that might be the case here. But we have to um, ask ourselves why that was so. Because we might remember in the past there also were some difficulties with these tribes here. And Jehovah God has promised that once people do not do what they are told to do in accordance to Jehovah God, they are going to be punished eventually. And this was what was happening to them. So, of course, one might ask, well, wouldn't it be the most smartest thing to do to consult the elderly uh, people, people who have lived uh, a longer life, so to speak? Yes, that would be the most wise thing to do. Because consulting with young people, well, basically, they have not lived uh, as long as a life as the old ones, so that they have not been through as many hardships and trials as the older ones have. So, of course, uh, these people who also worship Jehovah God, it might be better if he had listened to them instead. So the question is also, do we listen to advice from people who do not have any experience? or people who only have experience by talking on the internet. Because the internet is a funny thing, because it basically, at the very top of the internet, uh, people who, I believe, of course, they do not worship Jehovah God, so it is only the negative human personality traits that they can... um, they can conquer or they can mold in themselves and in others, of course, also. So when you watch YouTube, and in particularly the very top of YouTube, you're basically allowing your mind to be infected by the evil one because he wants a little seed, a little poison plant in your mind so that you think that this is okay to watch. And once you read the Bible and see that it's very wrong of you to do so, you have a very difficult time getting away from it because it has been basically been molded in your mind, this little poison here. So I would highly suggest that when you read the Bible, you ask yourself these serious questions uh, what does Jehovah God want me to do in this situation? How does he want me to act? Does he want me to say no to this? And if so, am I willing to do so? I've been talking about pornography and also violent video games and all the rest of that crap, that this is something, uh, and also smoking cigarettes or the rest of that garbage, is against Jehovah God. Why? Because anything that harms the body that he has created isn't a good thing. It's a bad thing. Of course, you can 
choose to ignore this, but that does not change the mind of Jehovah God. He still have a standard, and if you cross that standard, you have to take the consequences of your actions, of course. You reap what you sow, so to speak. So let's give the last piece here our attention. We have come to Ezekiel number 12. It says here, The word of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Son of man, you are living in a rebellious house. They have eyes to see, but they do not see, and ears to hear, but they do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. As for you, son of man, prepare for yourself luggage for going into exile. Then during the day, while they are watching you, you must go into exile. Go into exile from your home to another place while they are watching. Perhaps they will take notice, even though they are rebellious house. Bring out your luggage packed for going into exile during the day while they are watching, and then in the evening while they are watching, you should leave like someone being taken into exile. While they are watching, bore a hole in the wall and carry your belongings out through it. While they are watching, put your belongings on your shoulder and carry them out in the darkness. Cover your face so that you cannot see the ground, for I am making you a sign to the house of Israel. I did just as I was commanded. During the day I brought out my luggage as luggage for going into exile. And in the evening I bought a hole through the wall by hand, and when it was dark I took out my belongings, carrying them on my shoulder right before their eyes. In the morning the words of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Son of man, did not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, ask you, What are you doing? Tell them, This is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says, This pronouncement concerns the chieftains in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel within the city. Say, I am a sign for you, just as I have done, that is what will be done to them. They will go into exile, into captivity. The chieftains who is among them will carry his belongings on his shoulder and leave in the darkness. He will bore a hole in the wall and carry his belongings out through it. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the ground. I will cast my net over him, and he will be caught in my haunting, haunting net. Then I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of Chaldeans, but he will not see it, and there he will die. And all those around him will, with his helpers and his troops, I will scatter them in every direction, and I will draw out a sword to chase after them. And they will have to know that I am Jehovah when I disperse them among the nations and I scatter them among the land. But I will spare a few of them from the sword, the famine and the pestilence, so that they may tell about all their detestable practices among the nations where they will go, and they will have to know that I am Jehovah. And the word of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Son of man, you should eat your bread with trembling and drink your water with 
anxious and anxiety. Say to the people of the land, This is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says to the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel. They will eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with horror, for their land will become completely desolate because of the violence of all those dwelling in it. The inhabited cities will be devastated, and the land will become a wasteland, and you will have to know that I am Jehovah. And the word of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in Israel that says, The day, the days go by, and every vision comes to nothing? <coughs> Therefore say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says, I will cause this saying to cease, and they will no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But tell them, The days are near, and every vision will take place. For there will no longer be any false vision or flattering division within the house of Israel. Divination, sorry, within the house of Israel. For I, Jehovah, will speak. Whatever word I will speak will be done without any more delay. In your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and carry it out, declares the sovereign Lord Jehovah. The word of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Son of man, this is what the people of Israel are saying. The vision that he sees is for a long time from now, and he is prospering about the distant future. Therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says, none of my word will be delayed. Whatever I say will be done, declares the sovereign Lord Jehovah. 13. And the word of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, and say to those who fabricate their own prophecies, Hear the word of Jehovah. This is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says. Wow to the stupid prophets who follow their own spirit, when they have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets have become like foxes among the ruins. You will not go to the broken places in the stone walls to rebuild them for the house of Israel, so that Israel may keep standing in the battle in the days of Jehovah. They have seen false visions and foretold a lie, those who are saying, The word of Jehovah is, when Jehovah himself has not sent them, and they have waited for their word to come true. It is not a false vision that you have seen, and a lie that you have foretold when you say, The word of Jehovah is, when I have not said anything. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord Jehovah says, Because you have spoken what is false and your vision are lie, I am against you, declares the Sovereign Lord Jehovah. My hand is against the prophets whose visions are false and who foretells a lie. They will not be among the people with whom I confide, nor will they be written in the register of the house of Israel. Nor will they return to the land of Israel, and you will have to know that I am the sovereign Lord Jehovah. All of this is because they have led my people astray by saying, There is peace when there is no peace. When a flimsy partition's wall is built, they are plastering it with whitewash. 
Tell those plastering with whitewash that it will fall. A, ton- a torrential downpour will come, hailstone will fall, and powerful windstorms will break it down. And when the wall falls, you will be asked, where is your coating of plaster? Therefore, this is what the Sermon Lord Jehovah says, I will cause powerful windstorms to burst forth in my wrath and a torrential downpour in my anger and hailstones in destruction fury. I will tear down the wall that you plastered with whitewash and bring it down to the earth and its foundations will be exposed. When the city falls, you will perish within her and you will have to know that I am Jehovah. When I fully unleash my wrath upon the wall and upon those who plastered it with whitewash, I will say to you, The wall is no more, and those plastering it are no more. The prophets of Israel are gone, those who prophesies to Jerusalem, and who sees visions of peace for her, when there is no peace, declares the sovereign Lord Jehovah. As for you, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who fabricate their own prophecies and prophecy against them. Tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says, Wow to the woman who sew together bands for all arms and make veils for heads of every seas in order to hunt down people's lives. Are you hunting for the lives of my people and trying to preserve your own lives? Will you? You profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and for scraps of bread, putting to death those who should not die, and keeping alive those who you those who should not live, doing so by your lies to my people who listen to your lies. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord Jehovah says: Here I am again. Here I am against your bands, O woman, which you used to hunt down people as as though they were birds, and I will rip them from your arms and release those whom you are uh, hunting down like birds. I will rip away your veil and rescue my people out of your hand, and they will no longer be something for you to catch in the hunt, and you will have to know that I am Jehovah." For you have disheartened the righteous ones with your falsehood when I was not causing him distress, and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked one so that he does not turn back from his bad ways and stays alive. Therefore, you, woman, will no longer see false visions and practice divisions, and I will rescue my people from your hand, and you will have to know that I am Jehovah." So here we have a clear warning that we shouldn't believe the lies, that we should really search out Jehovah God in his words and take these warnings seriously. Because there are warnings to us human beings today. There are warnings that people will lie to us, people will deceive us, people will actually believe the lie to be true and tell it as the truth to us, trying to convince us that it is the truth. But by following them, we are actually believing the lie instead. So we have to be very careful about what we believe. Our belief systems have to be grounded in the word of Jehovah God. Because let's face it, 
We are currently 7.8 billion people on this planet, and we all come from the same place. We come from egg and a sperm cell, which comes from egg and a sperm cell, which comes from egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that you could place in the head of a top of a needle, but you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our father and mother. But you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. Now I see that as pretty intelligent made. Therefore, there have to be an intelligent creator behind it all. His name is Jehovah God, the Almighty One, and you can start worshiping Him by simply um, getting hands on the Bible. I would highly suggest the King James Version, but also a version that uses God's name. JW.org can help you. You can download the Bible for free on your phone, or you can actually get an example uh, if you visit one of the Kingdom's Halls. So I hope my podcast was helpful for you. I hope you love each other and are kind to one another. I hope that you search out the beautiful, positive, and uplifting personality traits in us humans and try to nurture them yourself. Try to get them to be at the forefront of your personality and start to fight off all the negative bad ones. And of course, when you close your eyes and pray to Jehovah God, remember to close your prayer in the name of Jesus Christ so you recognize the greatest sacrifice of them all and so that you can get uh, the ticket, so to speak, to uh, become a resurrected one yourself. Of course, we all get a resurrection when we die. That is inevitable. But the kind of resurrection that we get is up to you and it's up to me to mold my life to becoming a more loving and caring, kind person for every day that goes by and saying no to all the garbage from the garbage can, saying no to all the lies that is being put forward into the minds of humans today. So, this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. I hope you love each other and are kind to one another. It's the 21st of August 2022, The time is 19.35 and it is Sunday. Bye.